Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains, and today we have a super special guest on. We're having Rob Steger. He's the Training for Ultra podcast host. He's an ultra marathon runner, book author, filmmaker. He has his own TV show on Amazon of him running three 200-mile races in the span of 60 days called the Triple Crown. Super awesome guy, but before we hop into that, we do have a Patreon. If you want to help support the show, you can donate $3 a month, and in return, I send you out a handwritten letter, and you get some stickers and some cool stuff like that. So if you want to help out the show, just scroll down and click the Patreon link below. Um, it's just 2 or $3 a month, and it, it goes a long way. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and scroll down and leave us a five-star rating, preferably five stars. Um, just go down, leave us a rating, and leave us a review. And if you leave us a review, I'll make sure to mention it on the next podcast. But this is Rob Steger. Rob, so I really want to dig into how this all started. So tell us a little bit of your running story, um, a little bit just the beginning of the running life. I mean, I was doing some high stress work, just sitting at a desk constantly. And after college, I found myself weighing 200 pounds, just completely out of shape. And I had all my doctors telling me like, you got to change. Like, we're going to have to put you on some medications to like lower your blood pressure, like all these kind of health issues. And I was just like, all right. Yeah, whatever. Like they're just trying to get like co-pays out of me. Like you want to see me every month. Come on. That's ridiculous. Um, and then my dad had a giant health scare where he had what's called a widow maker where he had a 99% blockage on the side of your heart that you can't be resuscitated. So you can have a, you can have a heart attack. You could have the best trained medics like they're ready but you just can't be brought back so he was so lucky he actually went to the doctor and and this is a guy that doesn't have a tendency of going to the doctor very often and they caught it put you know that was like my moment of okay like maybe these doctors aren't messing with me to get copays like and you know i was on some cheap medical insurance and paying a ton of money per visit so i was you know i was very hesitant to go myself but yeah my dad got super lucky and that's what i call my catalyst that's like when i started um to take things serious and i ended up losing 50 pounds i i did I just was watching Netflix way back uh, whenever and Joe Cross did this like green diet and lost like a bunch of pounds. I was like, if it worked for that guy, like I'll, I'll try it. It worked for me. And so I, I started running. I had tried before and I had extreme shin splints, but losing 50 pounds was what it took for me to become a runner, quote unquote. And, um, I just wanted to continue to push myself with distance. I didn't care about speed at all. And I mean, I documented a lot of it just because in the back of my head, I was like, maybe I, 
maybe this is interesting. I don't, I don't really know. But when I started inspiring other people and getting feedback that I was changing other people's lives, that's when I took documenting my running like a little bit more serious because I mean, me changing myself is one thing, but if I can help others, that's like a whole different ball game. And that's what it became all about. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, wow. Yeah. So whenever you, um, started to make that change and you started running, um, when did it really, when did you really start falling in love with the whole trail and ultra running scene and getting involved with that? I mean, it took, it took a while. It was, I had started running after losing weight and I had it all taken away from me. Uh, and I needed some insoles in my shoes. So my wife bought me this gift card out of the blue one Christmas. And I went to the running shop. They put me on their treadmill and they're like, oh, dude, like you need insoles. Like your feet are, you have like a collapsing arch or whatever it was. And it corrected it. And then I could run. But I was also like, I had this joy for a few months, then it was ripped out of me and I never want to lose it again. And while I was like in that run shop, I think someone was saying like, should try the trails. Like there's a local trail. It's a little softer surface and running on concrete and all the sidewalks and stuff. So I was like, well, I found this thing that put, puts my life in perfect balance. I never want to lose this again. And then I, I met like the, I, I went out for one trail run, one rocks and roots course in Columbus, Ohio. And at the very end of that, that run that was maybe, I, I totally forget, maybe 10 miles or something. I happened to meet the race director of the race that was taking place like the next week or two. And he's like, we're like pretty much sold out, but just email me i'll take care of you That's like awesome. we'll figure this out yeah. and yeah from there andy i think henderson andy henderson and he has a brother they're both like six five just enormous humans um from there i mean i i love that experience of being out on the trail and being in the wild it yeah. was totally new to me yeah you just fell in love yeah in love with it um yeah, it's funny. When I tell a lot of people about trail running, you you like took interest when you heard about it. When I tell a lot of people about trail running, they're they're like, you you run on hiking trails. Like they think I'm crazy whenever I talk about trail running. So I think it's interesting how you were like immediately intrigued and just pulled into it. First time was, I ran on trails, it was like, like mud for me, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first time I, I remember the first time I was running on trails, I was like, why do people do this? You're going like 15 minute pace, going up through roots and rocks and stuff like that. But um, yeah. Yeah, just like yourself, I ended up falling in love with it as well. So that's awesome. I've heard the same thing about Texas, though. Like, I've heard the the trail running community is growing. Yeah, and it there is a part of it, but like most people are like, "What are you doing out there?" Like, yeah, it's yeah. so hot a lot of times, and yeah, yeah, and we we don't really have any crazy long trails like um a lot of the western states do. Like they have these like fifty hundred mile long trails. I think longest one we got. Is Maybe if you go down to the south, um, to like that national park down there, I can't think of what it's called. Um, but yeah, if you go down there, there's like 50, 100 miles worth of trail, but everywhere else, it's like 10 miles worth of trail or something like that. So, 
Um, I mean, I started on the only trail in the entire city, basically. Like, there's obviously more trail than that, but the Rocks and Roots Trail in Columbus, Ohio, is like <laughs> this little figure eight. Yeah. And Andy, the the race director, basically developed half of the course oh, himself wow. yeah. with some volunteers and that whole group. So. Just because it's a small trail doesn't mean it can't inspire like bigger things. And you never know, like you could get a connector put in eventually and it all of a sudden opens up to something special. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So when did you start the whole training for ultra podcast? I mean, I think you've been around for quite a while. Uh, What made you want to start getting out and putting out content and stuff like that? I mean, it's it's crazy to be considered like an OG in this because I I was a newbie. I was, I was very new. I just moved to Denver. I think I was like maybe two years into running. What year was this? Uh, 2017. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So I, I think I started training for ultra like maybe the very end of 17 or the very beginning of 18. And it was one of those, I had learned not to fear failure at all. So it was like, I'm listening to podcasts. They're talking to, you know, really great people. But I mean, I would ask a lot of those same questions and then I'd take the conversation like this way yeah, or, or whatever. Like, I just wanted to put my own kind of sp- not spin. I, I wanted to take conversations a little bit differently and. I got kind of bored of asking the same freaking questions or like hearing that. And I I wanted to just change it up a little bit. So I am not scared of failure. That's, That's, that's my biggest lesson of trail running is like DNFs should be celebrated. As long as you're learning something from the mistakes made or whatever happened, as long as you're learning from failure, it's not really a failure in my head. It's just part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, your podcast has gone all the way to interviewing Elliot Kachogi. That blew up. That went everywhere. I remember <laughs> seeing that. Thanks, man. And your numbers just going like crazy. And that was awesome that you were able to interview Elliot Kachogi um, and get to that point. So, yeah. You so, come along. Believe ways. it or not, like I was, I was beyond a million downloads before that. So, really? Yeah, his episodes maybe top ten of all times, but um, yeah, that was a special one. Yeah. That probably ruined my Leadville 100 race a little bit, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah, who's um? So who's who's like the most interesting guest you've had on your show? You've had a lot of really, you had like Courtney DeWalter on. I'm pretty sure. Um, yep. You've had like a lot of the big running people in the running world. Who, who's one of the most interesting ones that you've run into? I love talking to Tom Foreman. Tom Foreman. He's huh? like, he's a uh, breaking news, CNN. Like he's like that guy. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's like, yeah, before we go on, it's him, uh, Dean Carnassus. And this is episode four. Uh, yeah, uh, what is it? Homeless to hundred episode, and like Tom's like, you know, North Korea is shooting off missiles right now. Like, there's there's a pretty good chance I might have to just take off mid interview, well, and then like 
we get Dean Carnassus to like call in. He's out on a call, like or on a run during the call. So you like hear the wind and everything. <laughs> and then we got Chris, who's like super inspiring guy now in Breckenridge, who's yeah. homeless and he's like broken through and he's training for a hundred miler. But yeah, um, Tom Foreman's an interesting guy. Yeah. And there's so many others. I, I know CNN in Texas, like maybe that, that wasn't the best pick, but um, <laughs> like there's so, there's so many. Um, uh, I, I could just, yeah, we could spend a whole episode talking about each guest and yeah. I get inspiration from the winners of races, like yeah. the fastest superhumans, like a Courtney DeWalter. I get inspiration from middle of the pack guys that just have great stories. And even back of the pack, last person to finish, most time on their feet, like yeah. inspiration doesn't know what place he took in a race. Yeah. So is that what that's what I'm you? all about? <laughs> is that is that what inspired you to do the what'd you do? You did four two hundreds, right? Four two hundreds. I've done four, yeah. 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 So what is that what made you want to do that triple crown? Um, do you want to tell the guests a little bit about that feat and what made you want to do that? It's a little crazy. I can't believe <laughs> that you were, that you did that, but you want to tell them a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah. So my book kind of goes over the first four, I think it's four years. I can't even remember post COVID. I'm like, I don't know what day it is. Um, but I, you know, I do CCC. I flew out to Europe, did maybe one of the hardest hundred K races, one of them. Uh, fly back. I do Moab 240. Candace Burt, race director, gives me the go ahead. I'm like, I'm super thankful. Like, I will not take this for granted. Finish that, and it was a life changing experience. One that I end my book on. But I also found myself running the longest foot race in the United States at that time. Uh, so 240 miles. And just looking for like, what's next? What inspires me to train, eat healthy, and just like continue with trail running and ultra running. And beyond just doing Moab 240, it was like, all right, like I got a taste of that. What, how do you do Bigfoot 200, Tahoe 200, and then Moab 240 all within kind of like a 65 day window? Like, how do you recover from a 200, let alone then go do another one, recover again, and then do just like 240? So, yeah. yeah, by the way, everyone listening, I want y'all to know y'all can watch this whole thing on Amazon. Um, I watched it like a year, and I think it was a year ago, a year and a half ago. I watched it, and this guy goes and runs all of these 200s and got all on video. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so you see, go, you see the highs and the lows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You definitely, we don't hide anything. Yeah. Weren't you like, <laughs> weren't you at one point, like late to one of the races and you had to run to it? We hit like traffic and yeah. it was an hour delay. And I've done enough of these races knowing like, you're not going to show up 45 minutes before a 200 mile race. Like <laughs> it's ideal yeah. to show up like. 15 minutes check in like that's tops like you don't want to 
even a hundred mile or even a 50 K like I'll show up to 50 K like 10 minutes before, <laughs> but we hit traffic that stopped us like an hour. Yeah. So I, once again, Candace, the race director is like, Oh, you're 45 minutes late to the start line. Here's a GPS tracker. Be safe. Don't miss the first cutoff. Nice. <laughs> it's like awesome. <laughs> That's the way trail running should be. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, you're, you're doing a 200 miler not to compete. And if you're doing a 200 miler to compete, you're either already an elite that runs for a living or completely misguided, like not, I mean, there's maybe one or two people that compete that aren't almost an elite runner. I mean, most 200 milers are like a lifetime achievement that should be cherished and there's no clock at the finish line like no one almost no one uh ever asks you like hey what was your finish time uh like at moab 240 and like ironically it was almost exactly four days 96 hours the first time and then it was almost exactly uh there's 84 four hours and like 45 minutes, but like there's so many variables that take place at a 200. It's exciting. It's not just like, here's the course, like just cover the course because there's so many external variables. There's so many times when you, the runner messes something up and has to correct it. It becomes a a true adventure shared adventure a lot of times yeah yeah three 200s in the span of 60 days how did you even change for something like that like what what was the prep for that i mean i didn't know and i think it was a well i did moab the second year it ever been done and then also the third year there there's just not that many people at least when i started that had done more than 10 200s and like those, a lot of those runners have been doing lifetime miles, you know, like the accumulation, what I told myself and what I've kind of concluded is like on a whim, can you just go run a hundred mile race and not completely get destroyed? Hmm. You're going to bonk likely at least once. Yeah. Um, but on a whim, can you go run a hundred miles? And if you say yes, and it's like a, a reasonably difficult hundred, then you're probably ready to try a 200. If you've never run a 50 K and you're expecting to run the entire time for like Moab 240, like, yeah. no, you, you're setting yourself up for a big disappointment. Yeah. So has anyone else ever done that before done the triple crown? Um, there's been... I mean, there's a lot less people that have uh, done the Triple Crown than summited Everest or whatever. Like, oh, wow. yeah. it's same with Badwater. There's probably more Badwater finishers in the the Triple. I I would say, I don't think I was one of the first hundred people to do it. I think I was probably within the first uh, two hundred people to do the wow. Triple. Yeah. But it depends. Like, there's some years technically there was a Triple Crown way back when the Colorado 200 was still a thing. So it's not like a perfect comparison and every year is different. So it's, 
every race is different. Like Moab, when you're running for multiple days, just think like a 50K if it rains versus like a perfect ideal 50K day. How do you compare times? But then multiply that and stretch it out to 244 miles. It's, you can't, it's so hard to compare over time. Yeah. Yeah. So how how did your body hold up after that, after doing all those, um, all those races? Really well. It was, it was shocking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in the TV show, like you said, but I would do a race and honestly, the majority of my time I was power hiking. I would run the free miles. I would suffer a lot of the miles, but I mean, as to be expected for three to four day efforts, you're going to have lows once or twice. Um, I would take at least a week off after each race, but then magically I come back after eating probably way too much ice cream or whatever, because you're, you're just burning so many calories. (laughs) I was setting like 10 K PRs and stuff. And part of that was just like, you know, my base was, I was, I'm not a professional athlete. People, when they turn on a TV show, they expect to see like a professional and, this is my this is my hobby. I'm just trying to inspire people. Awesome, man. Um, but yeah, I was coming back and I was throwing down like pretty quick miles. Yeah. And after all of the triple crown, um, most importantly, the 401k for pediatric cancer, yep. which is Moab T40 and raising seventy thousand dollars for Celia, who is now healthy, by the way, and awesome. has beat cancer. Um, yeah, I I. Did across the years, I was running like eight thirty miles. It, it's a complicated story there, but I was running just like as best as my body could handle. Like my my five k PR, I went to my parents' house uh, the following like March or February March, and I did six thirty pace for five k wow. and. I distinctly remember running 15, 16 minute miles when I started yeah. and my heart rate monitor going nuts and just questioning like everything being like, there's no way I'm a runner. Like I was running a lot of days, but I did not feel like a runner. And ironically, those slow grinding hike miles, I think just takes your body to like a whole different level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has to make a huge base, a huge foundation for you from like there on after. And honestly, if you were to do like some crazy race right now, you would have that base and that foundation still in your legs and you'd be able to do probably really well at it. Um, with that, is there another big feat ahead or have you done another big feat since since that? So I COVID messed with a lot of my yeah. training routines like everyone else out there. Yeah. You know, I I look at 2020, I'm like, ah, oh, like my training routine got out of whack, but you know, no close relatives died. Like my family's healthy. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. I, I really prioritize family and yeah. I my running for the triple crown, I was taking all my vacation time just to do the triple. So like ironically, my life's in perfect balance now. But like 
that perfect balance isn't going to like have me running a 84 hour Moab 240. Like maybe if that was my only race, but like at the end of the triple crown, if I were to do the triple next year, I don't think I can peak out at that level. Um, but I, I'm happy. And the goal of all of this is to inspire people. And I know just like during a race, when you hit the lowest point, you have to remind yourself, this is a low, this is temporary. This will pass. Um, Cause a lot of people think when you hit lows, it's permanent and will last forever. Um, 2020 is my low. I've come my recent low, I would say, obviously, uh, since becoming a runner. And since then, I paced Dion Leonard at Badwater 135 in Death Valley. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is something I thought was impossible. And then, like, as I'm studying it and learning it and realizing how to train and uh, Dion had an awesome race. I think he took sixth overall. Uh, I'm thinking like, yeah, that sounds interesting. So right now I'm like sitting on my hands, ready to start training for the keys 100, which is all like road, concrete, hot Texas style, probably <laughs> running. It's just going to be torturous for a hundred miles. Yeah. And, you know, if I get into bad water and I have a successful keys 100, I'm like right there. I'm prepared to like have a great bad water. I only want to do that race probably once to give other people the opportunity. That's what I keep going back and forth. I love Moab 240. I've been there every year, either pacing, crewing, whatever. Yeah. I saw you just paced um, that one girl. What's Lucia. Yeah, Dion's wife. Yeah, um, you faced her. It kills me. I want to sign up for that race. I want to sign up <laughs> for the lottery. You're insane. But I don't want to take someone's dream race away from them. Yeah. So, like, I keep going back and forth. Like, am I going to be selfish? Like, ah, like, I don't know what to do. Um, but I also have UTMB. I, I have, like, a free entry right now yeah. for next year. So That's awesome. It might be too much. I'm trying to learn from previous, just overdoing it, not focused on family, but Badwater UTMB, like hardest road, 135, probably the hardest 100 mile race, arguably mountainous yeah. is UTMB or like 108 miles or something. That juxtaposition, like, ah, that has me really interested, but I'm I'm still going back and forth on that, plus Moab. Like, I'd like to do bad, I'd like to do Keys 100, Bad Water, Moab 240, and just, that would be a great 2022. <laughs> do, do you ever take yourself outside of your ultra trail running perspective and put yourself into a person who doesn't do ultra and trail running and think how insane you sound sometimes? Talking about all these 200 miles, like, yeah, I'll go do the bad water 135 and this 200 miler. Dude, like, it, it just, it sounds insane from the outside perspective or someone who just is into, you know, the road marathons and doesn't even know trail running exists. I mean, I, I wrote a book on it. Yeah. Um, I've been there and it all starts with like 
one day at a time, building consistency. And yes, I, I do, I do realize that it might sound a little, a little crazy, but I don't, I don't do this for like, uh, the viewer's pleasure or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't go out to do races to, um, get likes on social media or whatever it is. Like I go out the, I go out to do this to inspire myself to stay focused on food and my training. And once you keep ratcheting things up, you know, if you're thinking about it long-term, it's hard to balance staying motivated to keep that stuff in check. So for me, like I, Besides running across the United States, there's not really many races out there where I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could actually do that. Like, if I have the time and the resources, I've concluded I can basically go after any kind of running task. Yeah. Um, and if you want to test that, if if you have a very wealthy Texas viewer listener, like, put up some cash. I'll quit my job. <laughs> it'll have to be substantial cash and i'll go run across the sahara or something stupid like there there truly is no limit to the potential of a lot of us it's it's the realization that like failure is part of the process and that with the proper training and if you're planning things out correctly like you literally can do anything uh you can run any distance now can I run a sub two hour marathon? <laughs> no, like that, that that's, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> I don't have the mechanic, you know, I wasn't born in Kenya at like 8,000 feet or whatever. Like I respect that aspect of like no limits, but that's a totally different realm of what I'm talking about. It's more like, can I run across the United States? Yes. Like, how am I going to do that? Like that, as long as it's like a reasonable benchmark, I truly think a lot of us are capable of so much more than we'd ever realize. Yeah, yeah. I think when it comes to endurance running, um, in all honesty, if, if you put a challenge in front of somebody, there's a way to complete it. If you did um, running from Canada all the way down to South America, someone could probably do it. It'd take them, you know, probably quite a few years, but they could do it, you know. And um, it's just it's truly amazing to see how far people push themselves and even yourself and how, like how much you've really inspired so many other runners to go out and do feats like that. Um, and it's really interesting on the psychology behind it. Like what, what makes someone do that? What makes somebody go and push themselves to those limits, you know? Um, and like for you, what's your like deep down, like, why do you do it? It's a good question. I mean, it's, it's a process that, so most people, I think they get into running and they have their why Yeah. they're like, this is it. This, you know, it's A, B or C or whatever it is. They're not reevaluating their why. And so your why is con it's a moving target. It's always changing. I don't care who you are. Even if you live in the same house, do the same routines, like you're still aging. Your why is still going to be changing. Uh, so my why is ever evolving. 
And I think it's important to harness uh, your why and know like what is making you jump out of bed, get excited to go on that training run when there's French fresh snow on the ground, which probably aren't familiar with um <laughs> once every three years yeah once or every let's years. let's go the opposite like when it's 120 out and you yeah. only have that lunch run available like how are you gonna take care of yourself like how are you gonna get fluids and not get hurt um but like it's relative to the individual so what motivates me is trying to do things that i seriously thought either were like stupid impossible whatever it is. And now I'm like, I see that like bad water. I literally have told people for like the first three years of running out. I'd love to do any of these ultras except for bad water. That's stupid. Like who would do that? And now I, you know, I've run probably 20 miles on that course and I'm like, I love it. I love the people. I love the community. I love the challenge. Like I want to do bad water. Like, I thought that was the one race. It was so stupid. I would never do it. And I guarantee you I'll sign up for, or at least I'll, I'll put my application in to try to do it. And so maybe your personal bad water is a 10 K PR time, or maybe it's like going to a big city like Tokyo. Like I really want to go explore the city of Tokyo with my wife and, and then do that marathon. Like it doesn't matter what your why is. It's going to be different for each and every one of us, but it's important to reevaluate it every now and then know that you're running for like a, a good reason that you're not just like grinding out miles and torturing yourself. As long as it's like a healthy, why I'm, I'm as excited for someone like going after their 5k PR wherever, like, or doing the AT, like, you know, over 2000 miles. Like I don't, from my perspective though, my why now shifted after doing Moab 240 the first time into like Yes, I want to inspire myself to stay healthy, but I also want to motivate and inspire other people to like get after it and show them I'm a normal dude. I have two kids, full-time job, balancing everything as best as I can. I'm messing up a lot of times, but I'm a normal dude. And if you're a normal person, you're capable. If I can do this, if I can lose 50 pounds and find myself at the start line of 200 mile races because I was my why was driving me to see how far I could run. You can do it yourself. You can get after whatever motivates you. Uh, Just stop caring about what other people think. Like don't care about failure. Like no one on your social media, like really is following as closely as you think they are. Yeah. And just like find a why that's important. And the real breakthrough for me personally was I'm doing this for more than myself. So once you start running for a purpose, it's like bigger than just personal motivation. That's, that's a super powerful moment, but 
start with just what's going to get you out of bed every day to build consistency, to get after whatever that goal is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, there's also the why not, like, why not? There's nothing stopping totally. going out your door right now and running 30 miles, you know, like there's nothing stopping you. Like, why not just do it for fun? You know, sometimes life, life's too short. I mean, I don't talk about it very often, but early on I had a, a few close friends dying car crashes and it's like, Life is so short, even for us lucky ones that, you know, make it to live to be 85 or whatever it is that happens in the blink of an eye. And like, is history really going to look for the 23rd finisher of this local trail run, uh, whatever? No, no. Like do it to make yourself happy try to motivate and inspire others as you're doing it and just have perspective. Like, yeah. you know, I, in, in 19 October, 19 finishing Moab 240 tagging on extra miles, doing a 401 K in raising money for pediatric cancer was like, wow. Like here's this little girl dealt the worst cards you can be dealt, you know, like cancer of the brain that, that doesn't go away with first treatments going through hardcore chemotherapy. Like how can you complain about much? Like there, there really isn't that much you can complain about compared to what Celia was battling. So, you know, just life so short, like stop these little arguments about, let's run.com comment boards or whatever it is. Like just, just come on guys let's have fun yeah i mean it's really important to look at it from outside perspective and how i see it is is we're on this floating ball in the middle of space and we're all a bunch of these humans and all things will pass yeah there's big history events that happen people want to go down history but a thousand years from now no one's going to remember those people you know um Unless it's like it's you know hard. huge, huge figures, you know, but um, but all things no, no. Will, will eventually pass though, and so, yeah. um, just enjoy what you can now and make the most of it, and just go for crazy things. There's nothing stopping you, and a lot of people set these limits for themselves and these barriers um, that either society puts in them or their parents or friends, and it's just like no, like just block that out, like just try it, you know. That's where it all started. I literally had the very similar thought in Dean Carnassus's book. I, I love Dean. Some people are like, Oh, he like ruined trail running, whatever. Cause he's so popular. <laughs> I, I love the guy, but he had one phrase where he unlocked the concept of limits for me. Mm-hmm. So like him saying that it's kind of what is a limit, I think is kind of essentially what he he had been asking and it was, I mean, the, the outcome was, Oh, like these are self-imposed limits. Like, like you're, um, it's societal and it's also internal. Like you set limits on yourself. And, uh, if you're, if you're able to actually, you know, change how you mentally perceive that limit, then all of a sudden you unlock 
a lot. And that's, that's honestly, that's, that's yeah. what I've done with running. Yeah. Yeah. And hence the motto, break the limits. I had, I had to, I had to pull this out. I have this flag here. It says break the limits. I have a hundred of them. Let's see. The let's see. Let's yeah, see. Yeah. I couldn't hey, see the me, full thing. All right. You is there a logo viewers? on there or is it just break the limits? No, I just break the limits. Sweet. Um, so YouTube viewers, y'all going to get to see this podcast. Y'all are going to have to go and watch it on uh, YouTube if y'all want to see this. But It's a limited edition run. Only 100 of these are available. That's cool. I like the. I like it. Yeah. It's a, a big break the limits flag. But when I was coming up with a motto, because it's Texas outlaw and outlaws, you know, break the laws. I was like, I don't want people, you know, breaking the laws. So I was like, what, what's something they can break? <laughs> And I was like, why? I was, and then I went into the whole mind thing of the limits and breaking the limits. And I was like, oh, break the limits. So um, that's how that came about. (laughs) But I uh, mean, support this guy. He's, this is an inspirational story in itself. Like, he's he's doing college, he's doing interviews, he's running rate, like putting on races, he's designing flags for you guys in Texas. Like, (laughs) Support this guy. Like the least you can do is buy his flag, unless it's like a thousand dollars, and then I'm like, no, it's on sale for fifteen dollars. Not correct. slash shop fifteen dollars get yourself a flag. Fifteen bucks. Support <laughs> support this guy. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm just doing what I love, man. This is all fun for me. It's just a game. So, so what what you don't realize is I have made break <laughs> break the limit or break what is it? Uh, break the limits. Break the limit flags like yourself except i don't talk about them anymore they failed hard i've put out like products after product after like idea after idea i put out a calendar i think i sold like 12 of them (laughs) i still have a stack of 20 in my garage yeah they're like they're like 2020 calendars um (laughs) but like my fear of failure is zero. I, I put out a water bottle. I ordered 400 water bottles. Yeah. And you think and they're going to go like sell it crazy. And then let's, you, I mean, you start looking at the business of it and it's like, okay, like 200 or 400. Like, I don't know, <laughs> but, yeah. but I've reached the point where, and a lot of this is because of the supporters. So Truly, like when you buy his flag, like you're not just buying his flag. You're you're letting him explore like creative outlets, maybe put on a different race. Like this isn't just 15 bucks that like he's going to pocket or whatever. Like it, it all rolls. And I've never I, I don't go around saying this. I've never taken a dollar from training for ultra. So like there's been zero electricity bills that I've paid with money from this this whole thing and so like when you hear sponsors on the podcast when you see them like before the tv show all the tv book royalties what i've decided at this point is i want to roll it forward and put it into more inspirational content so like if i sell a hat if i sell whatever like i'm not paying bills with that i am doing my best to go explore inspirational content as best as i can and the only goal is to inspire people so um everyone's different and i if you're putting on races i can't even imagine 
the expenditures there. I'm yeah. maybe going to try to do that next year, but yeah, I'm going to be honest. Um, like I think it's like, it goes for a lot of people in the running community, but like it's hard to make, make any profit in the show running community. And like, like you said yourself, I haven't pocketed anything and it all just goes right back into um, expanding, awesome. expanding the community and um, going into new projects and just trying to expand the whole running community. Cause the whole, the whole reason behind this is to get people into trail running for road running and just to expand the running community and create a little one within itself. And it all goes straight back into. Um, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Because yeah. there, I mean, there's not many professionals, the whole like architecture of our community is not really for profit or it's just not designed. It's so like, I don't know, asymmetrically like set up that in a, in a sense it's good because races pop up. Sometimes they're great. They last a while. Sometimes they don't. A lot of times that race director is the heart of the race. Like without the race director being around anymore, sometimes that race just doesn't have the same vibe ever again. And there's obviously exceptions to that, but you know, it's our, our community is it's people. Like if I've learned one thing, I've gone to races and I'll be honest, I went to Bandera hundred K in Texas. I kept my head down. I want to just finish a race, get my qualifier, kind of fly in, fly out business trip. Yeah. Wasn't that fun? It wasn't memorable. I got pulled over too when I left the race. <laughs> but, <I> sucked. <laughs> but I, highway state, state. Those guys. Oh like boy. It, and I respect those those police officers a lot. And yeah. I they didn't give me a ticket either, which is awesome. But <laughs> I mean, I've done the business trips. I've done the races where I'm like super prepared for the race. And I'm just like, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna talk yeah. to every person I can meet out there. I'll tell you, hands down, the the best memories are not the PRs or the races that go perfectly. It's the ones where like you embrace the community, you meet all these people, and I'm I've yet to meet an ultra runner that's not inspiring. Like there's truly that's what keeps my podcast going is every single ultra runner I've ever met has an inspirational story if you dive deep enough. Yeah. It's just like is that person going to share it or not? That's a big question. And how much are they going to share? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has a story. Um, but there's just something about ultra runners that um, there's just, it, it takes a lot, something um, really crazy had happened in their past or, or something had to happen to ignite that fire in them for them to do what they do. You know? And, yes. Totally agree. Um, I, I'm convinced like there's this like stigma, like every ultra runner is like been broken and like, why? Like they're putting in their miles because like something, something like horrible happened in their lives. Like, what are you running away from? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, um, I, I've met that population. There is 100%, uh, you know, those ultra runners out there, but that's not all of the community. Like there's so many just like great moms, dads, whatever, like people just trying to push their limits that like maybe aren't, you know, reading every, every page of ultra runner magazine. Like it, 
Like there's, there are, um, all kinds of stories and you know what the broken ones that find, uh, find something in the distance and everything. It's great. Cause there's other people like in the community that they can relate to and, and, you know, become good friends with. So you share more than 20 miles with someone out on the trails it's hard not to like always be friends with those type of people. Like it's uh, immediate bond and uh, yeah, it, it's such a great community. Some of the smartest people on the planet, by the way, like some of these ultra runners that I've met trail runners, yeah. PhDs, just stupid, smart people. Yeah. Yeah. They're just exploring. Um, I just, I just feel like there reaches, there reaches a point. Um, with I think curiosity is one of the main drives for ultra running. Um, just going into the unknown. It's all unknown. And there's nothing totally. more fun in, than going into the unknown. So um, That's what drove me, man. Like, yeah. How far can I go? Stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you think there will ever be a, a roof to it all? Um, I mean, there's so many races out there that you can't run every race, but do you think you're ever going to run into like a top, like, okay, like I, I did all the big races, did all the big distances. Uh, I think I'm good now. Do you think that that'll ever happen? Uh, yeah. If I ran across the United States, I think that would be for me personally, kind of like the top of what, how far can I run? I want to eventually do that. Like when, when the time is right, um, I had sponsorship sign off for this idea. Um, and it was in the works in 2020, that was going to be my follow-up to the triple crown. And I realized like, all right, this is getting like out of control. <laughs> Let's take a step back. And then like COVID hit and forced it to shut down basically for me, at least. Um, so for me personally, like in terms of how far can I run, I I think that is a great end like topper. I, I would love to do it on the trails as opposed to everyone else doing it on the roads. I think it'd be a lot harder, it'd be a lot longer, but I think a trail run from coast to coast would be really, really cool. Uh, but I I don't I, the trail running and ultra running communities, like a living organism, it's always changing. There's always something there. There's weather that causes stuff to erode. You know, you can run the same trail every day and that's, it's going to be a different trail actually over time. Or even if the trail's perfectly consistent, like you hit at a different time, there's different cloud cover, the sun hits it, the light hits it differently. There's always inspiration in that beauty of nature. And I, I think the the organized trails, the organized trail races, I think we take for granted a little bit. I think they're more dynamic than we all realize. Like the heart of a race is a lot of times that race organizer or the volunteers or whatever it is the trail maintenance that a lot of us don't do enough of and it it can evaporate quickly and as we saw with all these these fires out west like 
race cancellations with COVID, all of a sudden, like what we're taking for granted every year, that perfectly organized race, like for whatever, whether it be financial, because a lot of these race organizers, I'm not pointing to you because you're college, dude. Um, they don't understand finance. Like they're not like, oh, I need to optimize my capital structure to like whatever. Like they have no idea. And then they hit, they hit a year where COVID crushes all of their races. And so now they're like, well, I got these credit cards that I, you know, I levered up my company to, to get through this. Like, how are we going to make this work? And now the, the cost of aid stations and the food that goes in there, it's like 20% higher, but I already took prepayment for all these races like two years ago. Like, oh, so like, Let's not take these organized races for granted. They're, they're a living thing. They can die quickly if we're not careful. And I, I do think that the evolution of us trail runners and ultra runners is, is going towards looking after the trails a little bit better. I mean, I, I'm guilty of this. I think we're all guilty of this. Like, if we're using the trails every day, like, can we take one? trail run day and just like pick up trash or like try to like cut back some brush or like maintain the trails just a little bit better i i think we can and i'm not going to go old school like what was it 2018 or 2019 the outside magazine like article that pissed everyone off i don't think we're we're uh what was it like parasites or something what what was it about it was like trail runners are, are parasites. Like none of us do trail work and all the mountain bikers oh. do all the work. <laughs> I I think we're all in this together. Yeah. We're all enjoying the trails and like, we do need to start thinking just a little bit more about it. We don't need to go overkill, but you know, if we're going to enjoy these trails, like, come on guys, like one day of the year, one like, let's start with that. If you're going to run every day on them. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, all the races that I've put on, I've always donated back towards the trail maintenance. I, I just don't have time to always do it. I'm actually going to be doing some tomorrow, some trail maintenance out there. Um, it is a lot of hard work out there. But uh, one thing I saw that I really appreciate people do in these running groups here in the, like the Dallas area is that they do like these volunteer um, trail maintenance event groups on Facebook and they all go out and do some trail work and uh, help out the local trails. And it's just really cool. And yeah, it's um, something that we can do definitely a lot better um, from within our community. Um, it does seem like a lot of the bikers are the ones out there doing a lot of the work. <laughs> it just depends they, where they- you're at. I mean, they also beat the hell out of the trail. So it's yeah, like, all right, like, you know, my, my few footprints, like on a random muddy day, like, okay. <laughs> compared to like, you know, the, the bikes, but we're, we're all beating up the trails. We all have yeah. to take care of them. And like yeah. it, it's silly to like point the blame at one side or the other, because in reality, this is a niche group of any people that are using the trails, like hiking, um, I don't care what you're doing on the trails. You're like, we're already a niche group. So like yeah. we're in this together. And like you said, we're all on this rock <laughs> flying through space. And it's like crazy thought, come on, like just, you know, <laughs> but I, I do think, 
I think group runs are really inspiring to like build consistency. And I think organizing small little community events like like fixing up the trails, it can be fun. Like it can be like if you're new to a city and you're trying to meet people and like you like the social aspect of this and it's an awesome opportunity. So like just try to make it more than, hey, we're going to like take trash bags out and like clean trails all day or whatever, like make it make it fun. And it's just like that on your hard, long training efforts. Like if you yeah. want to make it a suffer fest, you, you can easily go out there with the mentality and mental, like how you frame this mentally as like just uncomfortable and horrible, or like really a lot of the breakthrough in ultra running and trail running for myself is like, how am I mentally framing this? This is a challenge. This is going to be fun. Like. I have an awesome team of people that I get to hang out with. Like I get to hang out with these people for two days and they're <laughs> helping. Yeah. They're helping me. Like this is awesome. So a lot of it's just how you mentally frame it and you make of it what you do. Like you can see beauty or you can see just like utter <laughs> like torture, clean up trash. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think it's getting time to wrap it up. Uh, but before we wrap it up, I always ask uh, a couple questions. I'll ask you one of them. Um, so let's say you can only choose one song for the rest of your life to listen to while you're on runs. What would that one song be? Oh, boy. And by the way, I thought this was just like the first 20% of this interview. We're not going like super long form rogan style hey. set six hours when's your so when's your when's your cutoff time when's your cutoff time for it i'm just yeah when, when this beer runs out okay. um <laughs> i mean we can keep going i can run it <laughs> i'm joking um i have no cutoff time for you by the way what you're doing in texas is awesome Appreciate that. and so if i had to listen to one song um that's a good question right now my favorite vinyl record is the killers like I, I don't know why it just brings back good memories so i i think i'd try to like sneak out a i don't know a record player and play some old school like vinyl stuff so like <laughs> yeah. like i i really like hendrix i don't know why but i can also listen to like dead mouse and like yeah like i have a very eclectic uh musical taste that probably run rubs people the wrong way a lot of times because it's just so yeah out there but yeah, i i'm also kind of an artist so i i see the beauty in every kind of like musical composition yeah yeah and uh yeah well, i mean with that perspective the artist perspective you see art and everything there's art in race directing running um i honestly i see running as an art form almost so uh, it's because art is how you express yourself. And I feel like a lot of people express themselves through running. So, yeah, I I've talked a lot about art with some of my, my uh, interviewees, like our artists themselves, like someone like a Brittany Charbonneau. Yeah. It is like an actor and an artist truly. And I think art is when you share something and it like provokes 
uh, an, uh, like a response from the viewer of some sort, some kind of emotional response. You don't have to be like predictable and having a background in like large abstract yeah. oil paintings. Like sometimes I can try to provoke an emotion and people are like, what the hell is that? So like, <laughs> yeah. but the fact that they're actually thinking and looking at it closely is evoking stuff. So, I mean, we're not going into art 101, what is art? But um, I I love it. And yeah, running uh, Danny Moreno, I think is a pretty fast, great runner for Rabbit. And we talk about her going downhill. She's downhill runner. Just can crush it with the best of them. And she sees each of her foot, like footsteps as brush strokes. And, can, and she can see color uh, down the trail as she's just setting, like, you know, Strava crown records or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so there's a beauty to it for sure. Yeah. Speaking of that, that made me think of this ad that I've been seeing all over Facebook by Trail Runner Magazine, or I, th- I forgot what it was called, the magazine. But the thing is how to run uphill and all the comments are like, it's like how to get better at running uphill. (laughs) And all the comments are, you just run uphill. You just run up and down. How do you get better? Yeah. You keep running uphill. (laughs) That's like running. How do you get better at running? You keep running every day. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, funny. Uh, you know, it's funny because I was the runner that started with heart rate training. I hit the tiniest of hill. My heart rate monitor went off. I had to walk. It was like, I, I felt horrible about myself. I didn't think I'd get there. And then fast forward, like five years forward. And I mean, I was the person that was always power hiking, you know, like power hike to the top, like don't be an idiot and try to like run up the hills. <laughs> but I, I got to the point where like small footsteps and like you hit a point where if you're consistent and you're not getting hurt, you're being smart with your training. Like you can do easier type running and you're going uphill and it's not actually like blowing out everything. Um, and you can get to that point where you're actually running uphill and people are like, how did you go up that? That was 300, 400 feet. Yeah. Um, so like, don't, don't think because your heart rate monitor is going off now that like, it's impossible. Like you can, it takes time. You have to look at the long, longer term perspective, but like I'm living proof. You can basically be normal and, and, you know, have a, a family life, work life and figure out some type of balance to become a better runner. Um, That's probably really long winded. Sorry. No, it's all right. Yeah. A lot of people getting, getting right into running. They, um, at least me, I immediately bought a bunch of books, started watching all these YouTube videos, ginger runner, Billy Yang films, started looking the heart rate training and all this stuff. And one thing I learned, and when I first started running, I think I was 14, 15. Um, and I tried to do the heart rate thing and I'd run and my heart rate would go up super high. It would go too high. Uh, because it wasn't easy heart rate. And so I would start, I would stop and start walking. And what I learned is that if you're a new runner and you're going off of heart rate training, don't worry about that stuff. Just run 
and yeah. give it like a year or two, three, and then you can start including heart rate training. But in the beginning, you don't have to worry about all that. Just keep it. Unless you like doctors saying, Hey buddy, we're going to put you on a Lipitor. Like you're the youngest person I ever put on Lipitor. That was, yeah. that was the only, <laughs> that's why I started off a little easy. Like, you know, I didn't want to blow out any valves or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And- but I, I agree. I mean, a lot of it's just starting. Like that's yeah. the hardest part is starting, not getting injured and just like continuing to build consistency. Would you not say consistency is kind of the key to uh, all of this? Yeah. Consistency. It's, it's definitely huge. And one of the big things is just not overthinking it. Like just relax. I heard this guy, he said, he said, you want to know what the biggest lie I've ever heard was? I said, what? And he said, the biggest lie I've ever heard is that it's not that simple. And what he means by that is that it is that simple. <laughs> Everything is simple. I had to think about that a, too hard, actually. Yeah, there, there's a <laughs> – oh, I thought about it really hard. My, yeah, it takes me a little bit to process things. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, there's a step and there's processes to everything. And it's just – it's simple. Everything's simple. Just relax and just go step by step, one step in front of the other and don't move too fast. I, I kid you not, I've had like 20 – probably 25 people reach out at some point and be like, I thought ultra running was only for these like super highly trained elite runners, but I saw you and I thought, oh, if he can do it, I can do it, which ultimately is a giant insult, but I I take it as a compliment because (laughs) there's 25 people out there that went after ultras that were like, this is like superhuman, but if that normal dude can do it, then I what's he doing? Maybe I can do it. So I think it's, it's getting after it. And like you said, there, there is no secret to this. It's just getting out. And I I truly think reevaluating your why constantly finding a why that motivates you intrinsically. Boom. That's all. I, I mean, you really need to work towards a goal. I'm very goal driven. So maybe I'm a little biased, but I think you got to have something that gets you out of bed on those days where you're like, I'm sore, tired. And then your brain starts coming up with every excuse possible. And yeah, I mean, it's that type of mentality that kicks in. Also, it trains you throughout that process. So when you're at mile 75 and your brain's like, you drop out right now, your kids, your wife, they're at the hotel or whatever like why are you doing this you're selfish like you hit a point during longer races where your brain goes into like self-preservation mode and it's trying to convince you to stop and so i think the same thing goes for training uh your brain is awesome we're all very very smart people when it comes to convincing ourselves to not do something like we're all really good at that and the trick is figuring out like higher level thinking like okay i thought this why did i think this how do i circumvent this in the future like in pre-program responses in your brain so the next time you wake up and you have that response you've pre-programmed your your response already to your brain so yeah. i mean because there is an animalistic side of us that can convince us to do anything and you just have to be able to pre-program uh you know certain responses that circumvent 
you like sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than waking up for work in the morning. Like you have to go and oh, uh, you don't want to, you're sitting there. Call off sleeping. sick right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to wake up. Like, um, you don't want to go to work or for me, like, I don't want to go to school. Guess what? You got to get up and do it anyways. Same thing for running. But the only thing that makes it harder for running is that it's optional for some people. So it's why the goal is so important. You gotta, you gotta like, so what I've done a lot of times, I need to start posting on social. Maybe you've inspired me to do this. Um, I have a, a chalkboard where my goals go right next to my coffee maker, because if anyone knows me well, like when I get out of bed, it's, I'm not jumping out to do anything other than go grab coffee. Like, and yeah. so first thing I do is I'm watching the coffee, like drip down. Um, I'm cheap. I, I buy like the cheapest coffee maker. So I have to hit start a lot of times and I'm watching it drip down and I'm looking at my goals and that's how I start off every day. And I think if, if you're looking at that and subconsciously, I'm a huge believer in the power of like subconsciously working on problems in your mind yeah. and then also subconsciously just like ingraining goals because then when you open the fridge to make a food selection, your your brain has seen Badwater 135, 2022, like July or whenever it is. Like it it is making your subconsciously selecting things and making choices throughout your day that are for a deeper meaning. Uh, so it, it's all about that goal. If it's not important to you it's not going to hit your subconscious level and then it's not really going to affect your decision-making and your life. Yeah. Yeah. And manifestation, which I think is kind of connected to, to that. It's very real. It's, it's real. If, if you wake up every day and you say a goal or you have it written down and you see it every single day, Obviously, if you sit there and don't do anything, it's not going to happen. But if you see it every day and you have a desire and a fire inside of you to do it, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter what that goal is. It can be any the it desire be, and fire that is the key to all of this. But yes, it does manifest. It's really, really weird. But yeah, like if you, you want to you can kind of bend the world whatever direction you want if you want it that bad. But it's how bad do you want it? It's up to you. I think like, it's, a book. it's you. Yeah. Yeah. We're branching out here. We're, we're going towards the. We're going in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, deep end. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm like halfway through this. Come on. This is, this is like <laughs> the, um, like, like whenever I was a kid, we had cartoon network and then after 10 PM, it would go into, um, I forgot what it's called. Adult view or something. Adult like swim. Adult swim. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is uh, like. <laughs> it's like the cable access shows where like they got they they'll put anything out on the air back in the day. Yeah. You just have to like send in your VHS and they'll like broadcast yeah. it. Yeah. Um this is this is dead hours. No, I, I truly I, I think you're right though. You can you can manifest things. Yeah. Um and I truly think again, it's it's the goal that's the most important, but then reminding yourself daily about why you're making the choices you're making. Like you can easily go to McDonald's every day if you wanted to, but you have to have things pointing you and in, in inspiring you to do certain actions throughout the day that will 
get you closer to that goal. And I am, I truly have lived that whole experience and know it can work. So, and I know the opposite can work like 2020, I was out of routine, didn't have any goals on, on the horizon because I felt like as part of the community and maybe someone that's being heard more than others, like I, it, I felt like a weird obligation not to go one way or the other on all the COVID stuff. And like, I just didn't know I like everyone else. And I felt like going out strong and like trying to show up to races and like, whether you wear a mask or not a mask, like I'm not smart enough to know that shit. Like, I, I felt a lot of pressure in 2020 that people didn't see behind the scenes and in retrospect, it's probably who the hell cares. Like this guy's not sick or anything. So, um, there's a lot going on in 2020 that got me personally out of my routine. And you know what? I think I've honestly learned a lot more than if all those routines were going well. And I'm I'm super excited for 2022. It's coming up. Yeah. I'm like ready to put my foot on the accelerator. I keep like holding back, holding back. Cause once I go, you you of all people you've seen the TV show, you know I'm like full bore, like going for it. I call it a bull mentality. Just put your head down. Totally. Yeah. See that red? Just going. Going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, earlier I was thinking like um, if if someone really wanted to like be the president of the United States, they could just write it down, post it up, look at their But um, <clears throat> they would be the dumbest person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't wish that again on anyone. Like, oh, talk about a horrible job. Like, yeah, we all think we have a bad job. That would be the worst job. President you can United never States. make everyone happy with that job. That's for sure. You no know, matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard. Okay, so they get paid $400,000 a year every year after, but they also have to have their own secret service agents for the, for the rest of their life. Just think about that. You you have people that want to, like, cut you down at any moment. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, do you take $400,000? <laughs> I, I I choose I choose no I don't need four hundred thousand dollars and feel like at any coffee shop they could drop something in or like whatever <laughs> like yeah that's awful <laughs> awful way to live yeah. ignorance is bliss <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I guess like one of the cool things is they get to go down the history books but like I said before all things will pass and so not all the presidents will be remembered only the ones that did some like insane things so made a positive change for the world or whatever yeah no otherwise you're just a number you i mean it's just like these races we do you know like all right even if you go to a race and the person wins and sets new course record by like a hundred hours come on like like that's awesome in retrospect yeah a hundred years from now is well first of all is that race even gonna last like five years but you know like I, I think it's silly. We we get these things built up in our heads and they can cause a lot of anxiety for a lot of people to the point where they're like, I don't want to sign up for a race. What if this happens? What if this happens? Um, 
they fear like what are what is my Facebook friend from high school that I haven't talked to in 20 years going to think about my race result or my finish line photo like ultimately just try to life's life's too short and uh you know you have to be in a good place to then help other people and I think our community is all about that it's get yourself in a good place. And a lot of times running gets us all into a lot better outlook, but then help out others in our community. You know, it it really, it's powerful. And I think it branches out from there. That's, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you brought up um, talking about like uh, a lot of people that make, you know, good impacts in the world. And it made me think uh, I saw this post yesterday and it was Albert Einstein. It was, it was a quote from Albert Einstein. And what he had done is he wrote down one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. And he went down the list and then he got down to nine plus 10 and he put it equals 21. And um, everyone in the class was like, hey, you got that wrong. It's 19, not 21. <laughs> and he was like, this is a lesson to show y'all. No one congratulated me for all the wins I had, but everyone pointed out the one wrong one failure yeah and that puts a lot of things in perspective when it comes to like just the media and everything like that but um what what i was tying that into though is like even in running if you have all these great things and let's say you were to have a dnf or something bad were to happen don't put too much pressure on that one thing when you have all these other great things um totally to it you know well, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I feel for the elite ultra runners. I talked to a lot of them yeah. and it's like, you're only as good as your last race, which is like ridiculous. But and I, I think a lot of sponsors are finally waking up to that. Yeah. That like, Hey, this person doesn't have to do like eight races a year, all which are 50 miles plus and like yeah. burnout in two years. Like <laughs> I think sponsors are finally figuring this out. But, like, from my own personal perspective, like, some of my biggest DNFs and, and failures were right before Bighorn 100, which then led into Bigfoot 200 and Tahoe 200 and Moab 240. Like, no one has ever mentioned to me that I DNF'd, was it Georgia Death Race? It was a horrible, horrible DNF. I totally blew it i didn't eat enough food i had an awesome pacer that came out to help me like i was in a, kind of the home stretch and just bonked out of my mind um and missed a cutoff i still think i made it in to that aid station but we'll say that for another day um no one cares yep. no one has ever mentioned it to me and without that dnf to light the fire under me maybe when big big horn 100 got hard that's a video by the way you should watch on youtube that i put out it's called like i i forget actually what it called um something in the muddy it, it was a mud fest that's all i'll say yeah. it was like mud down to your ankles for i think it was like six to eight miles so like without that georgia death race dnf 
I don't know if I would have like really felt the need to finish that, but then that hiking and just like suffer fest and getting through that, that sleep deprivation training going for 36 hours straight, uh, that prepped me so that when things got hard for Bigfoot 200 and Tahoe 200 and, and Moab 240, I, I was like, you know, I had perspective. So same thing for training, like don't always go train when it's most ideal. Like it's okay when it's super hot, as long as you're smart or if it's raining or if it's a little muddy, like your training shouldn't be easy. And I, I always go back to thinking about Tiger Woods of all people. I don't know why him, but him hitting balls, you know, practicing and his dad, just like he would go back, take a shot and his dad would shout in his backswing or like make things awful on purpose so that he was ready when it came to the actual like game time. And I don't know. There's probably a lot more going on with Earl Woods, but uh, you know, the point is train not in the most ideal circumstances at times so that you have perspective when it comes to things getting tough during the race. Cause you can always reference back like, Oh, it's hard, but you remember that one time that you were doing X, Y, Z, like that will get you through tough situations like very tough situations yeah yeah for sure like when we're training um it's better just to um, just train harder than the actual race is so that way when the race comes it's like oh like this is easy so like yeah, get those ankle weights out get that weight vest out go for it make it I, don't, I don't i don't do the weights quite yet but i could see <laughs> myself going that way i'm not I'm like built for that quite yet i'll yeah. break but <laughs> I mean, I always tell myself, suffer suffer now a little bit or suffer a lot during the race. So, like, do you want to enjoy this race, this cherry on top of this whole training block and all your goals? Yeah. Like, I would much rather suffer a little dehydration during my training or whatever it is. Uh, maybe going out too hot for runs too fast is what I was saying. And, and then actually be reminded like don't go out like you did on that stupid 10 miler that you did and suffered for nine miles because mile one felt so good like (laughs) like like your bad training runs teach you so many lessons that you can then apply during race day yep that's for sure yeah and there's probably someone listening right now in the middle of their long run having a terrible long run and they just heard that they're mile one they just went out hard of their 10 miler that one person. Ah, that's great. <laughs> All right, man. Um, I think I'm gonna have to wrap it up. I have a limit on the recording here, so I'm going to wrap it up. But before I do, Hey, happy, happy to be on here for so long Yeah, and truly appreciate it. Seriously. Yeah. Thanks so much. The conversation went great, man. And we hit a lot of topics. We went off way off the deep end, but, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. That's what podcast started. So, they're just a lot of fun to listen to. I like the ones that go into all the crazy avenues that they can. So I really appreciate that. Welcome to my mind, my friend. <laughs> the ADD mind will go down any avenue. Remind me a lot, <laughs> lot like Run, uh, Run Bum, Sean Blanton. He's 
that man, he he's pretty he's wild. His mind is just all over the place. He's super creative. It's like Georgia Death Race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um before we get off though, I want you to leave the viewers with one piece of advice. Uh, it could be motivational, just anything. I would say don't don't be fearful of failure. That like if if you're questioning whether you should do something, I mean, if you think of it as part of the process, like in obtaining it's a stepping stone essentially in getting towards whatever that greater goal is that uh, you're going to have like a, a totally different perspective on whatever you're getting after. So don't be scared to, you know, miss a stepping stone. It's not a big deal. You get your foot wet, but you'll get back on the path towards whatever that greater goal is. And like truly life is too short. I think that's like the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout all my miles. Like, that's what got me on the trail is like my dad's uh, health scare giving me such perspective that it's like, you know, it's, it's now, or like I can keep putting this off. So like, just get after it and uh, you, you'll surprise yourself. So hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. All right, everybody. That was Rob Steger. Super awesome guy. I'm going to leave all his links below. If you want to give him a follow, check him out. And I encourage you all to go listen to his podcast. He has a really awesome podcast. And he has a lot of awesome, awesome runners on there. But that's all I have for you guys. If you want to support the show, we got the Patreon link down below. Also, scroll down, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast, and share this with some running buddies. If you really enjoyed the show, go ahead and share it around. Uh, But that's everything, and I will see you guys on the next episode.